0: gaming has become ubiquitous with marketing
1: the esports space itself is you know is a billion dollar industry so the gaming space is 152 billion right so when you look at the growth and opportunity in esports i think the, the growth is huge it's a real small part of, of the space, but we think there's a whole bunch of Opportunity
0: to kind of grow and become bigger. That's Chris Erb, the CEO of Triple Clicks, where partnerships for brands is opening up a big tent for gamers. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. It goes without saying that the pandemic changed options for those starved for sports. And while gaming wasn't some kind of niche thing when COVID 19 began shutting down leagues, and the world for that matter but there was an opportunity in the gaming space to branch out and become even more attractive our guest this week is chris herb who's the ceo and the founder of triple clicks they specialize in creative gaming strategies for a number of different brands that we'll get into and man do you know that something has turned the corner when That aspect or that sector is now aligning itself with the biggest brands in the country and the world. Hey, Chris, how are you? Thanks for joining us.
1: Good. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it.
0: Um, You have a very deep background in gaming. I'll get into your company in a moment and I'll get to kind of where we are in a moment. Could you kind of take us through, though, um, what you've done in your past that has led you to this point where esports clearly is booming in many, many different ways?
1: Sure. Sure. Uh, it's fun to talk about your career, but it also makes you feel old. I've been doing this for a long time. Uh, I, uh, used to be in charge of Pokemon, magic, the gathering, kind of the wizards of the coast back in the old days, uh, when Pokemon was the biggest thing in the world. And then I actually went to electronic arts and ran the Madden franchise, uh, for five years. And then I ran the rest of the EA sports brand for, for another five years. So I spent almost a decade, uh, on the EA sports brand. Uh, so it's been a fun kind of gaming run you know what I mean so
0: would you say you ran the brand could you kind of describe what you were doing with say Madden or something
1: like that uh sure I, you know from a marketing perspective I was the head of the Madden franchise so work with the development team on kind of building out the the game itself work with cross-functional teams on everything from the cover vote to advertising to PR to social to kind of running the brand it was it was interesting there's three of us working on the Madden brand and then, um, electronic arts is a huge organization. So I had probably a 40 or 50 cross-functional teams that we all kind of partnered together. And so I, I love the Madden franchise from, I want to say 2005 to 2013, um, as well as kind of worked on the EA sports brand as well.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Uh, so here we are now with triple clicks. Um, what do you guys do? So we
1: are, you know, while I was at EA, um, we did a lot of partnership marketing and kind of collaborations with brands. Um, and after I left EA, I, I went to the movie side and was at Legendary Pictures for a while. And I noticed there's 10,000 agencies that did what I did at EA, which I had to do by myself. So there was kind of an aware, uh, awareness of the, the growing uh, size of the gaming industry, um, which is twice the size of the movie business. I think gaming is about one point uh, 152 billion dollars right now in the movie industry is about 43 billion dollars. Yet there's you know a thousand agencies helping on the marketing side of the movie industry and none on the gaming side. So I started my agency Triple Clicks and what we do is kind of build partnership marketing and lifestyle marketing for the video game side. So we work with brands like Xbox and Warner Brothers and and help do you know the Taco Bell promotions and Doritos promotions and and Monster Energy drink promotions as well as kind of Nike collaborations where we do, you know, Nike custom Xbox shoes and and those kind of things. And then we also work with brands like Kellogg's and Chips Ahoy and Mondelez and, and help bring them into the gaming space. So we're, we're very much kind of the epicenter of brands connecting with consumers and gaming.
0: Yeah, hey, I, I don't want to get too off track for a moment, but since you mentioned the disparity of earnings and bottom line for gaming versus movies, are are you suggesting the movie industry is in, in trouble? in any way
1: uh i don't think they're in trouble i think we're on fire um it's, you know i think it's a unique space i mean i think you know from the from the u.s side i think it's you know it's a 43 44 billion dollar kind of industry they're doing really well i think you know you have to take into consideration that we're stuck at home um and theaters are closed and so it's an interesting space i'm sure they're trying to figure out the digital side of it but i think Gaming is becoming just a bigger part of the entertainment pie, if you will. I mean, I think you look at a game like Fortnite, which probably does three hundred to four hundred million dollars a month um, (laughs) in a free-to-play game, right? So there is no bigger IPs or franchises bigger than bigger than those. You know, those ones. I think if you look at, you know, you think about Call of Duty and the amount of people that play and talk about Call of Duty. I think Call of Duty has a little bit over twenty-five. Billion hours of gameplay since since its inception i think if you do the math on that it's like something like 2.8 million years longer than human existence have played call of duty so you're just starting to see more people kind of engaged in the gaming space than ever before it's definitely kind of a lean forward rather than lean back space so I think our engagement and kind of connectivity within gaming is is just bigger than ever.
0: You know, we've talked to a lot of different people in the esports world and and obviously, I mean, everyone hates to use the word opportunity, but with what is going on right now and most people stuck at home, there is this opportunity to at least expose this kind of wider audience. Um, It it seems that that audience already obviously vastly existed. These deals with groups like Taco Bell or Rockstar Energy, that predates a pandemic. Um, But what have you seen over the last few months? Have things Accelerated in any way on your end?
1: Yeah, I think you see a lot more engagement. People just, you know, people love to play games, and when they have more free time, they're going to spend it playing that. And I think everyone's, no one has to drive to work, no one's kind of stuck at the water cooler. There's a lot more free time, so we're seeing more engagement. I think it's it's interesting. I mean, the esports space itself is you know is, is a billion dollar industry, but the gaming space is 152 billion, right? So. When you look at the growth and opportunity in esports, I think the, the growth is huge. It's a real small part of, of the space. But we think there's a whole bunch of opportunity to kind of grow and become bigger. But I think you'll see the gaming space where it's, you know, the biggest games of the year this year kind of Halo and Cyberpunk. And Cyberpunk's gonna be a first person player with no esports connected to it at all. So It's an interesting kind of look and and dynamic of, you know, the size and scale of kind of eSports and and it's great for our space and it's going to grow, but the space in general is just growing kind of leaps and bounds. And I think that's the important place for brands to be is around the gaming side and using uh, opportunities like eSports to kind of hone their message. Um, But I think to talk to the widest group, I think gaming in general is a a huge opportunity for brands. So take me through
0: partnership looks like like put aside something like nike where, where you're making specific products specific shoes that are branded together with with a game what are you doing with a food company like kellogg's or taco bell
1: yeah no it's a it's a good question i think kellogg's is probably a good example you know you used to see movies on on kellogg's packaging whether you're talking about pop tarts or pringles or cheese it and they would promote the movie and it was just kind of a a piece of content from the film thrown on the box and maybe you win two tickets to the to the premiere and and it was kind of very um kind of build awareness of the movie is coming out with gaming i think we talked a little bit about fortnite it's about digital content kids are buying kind of um skins or weapons or maps or or, or things like that to enhance the play so the programs that we do with kellogg's is how do we instead of getting kids to spend three dollars on digital content how do we spend on a product they love and get the digital content for free so the, the game studios will get the, the awareness on packaging, the consumers will get the free content on the packages, and Chip Kellogg sells more products. So it's definitely the way we build our programs is about kind of engaging and kind of giving value to consumers, buying products that they love, rather than just kind of marketing to them. How do we actually build a relationship with these kids and give them value when they buy things they love? I think Taco Bell is a great example of um, what, we, what we do there is we actually build exclusive pieces of hardware you can only get a Taco Bell. So huh. if you were able to, to win last year's console at Taco Bell, you, you get a colorway that you can't get anywhere else. And, and when you press the, the on button on the Xbox, instead of making the Xbox noise, it actually makes the Taco Bell bong sound, which kids love. So it's really about kind of how do we kind of create compelling content or, or, or things that people love and share that and let, and let their favorite brands tell those stories.
0: Did it shift? At some point, when did you see that it turned to gaming was going to be the area where all of these brands really wanted to be embedded with?
1: I think it's probably been the last 10 years. When I was running the Madden franchise and we used to, you know, there's a group of three or four of us that would kind of pick the cover of Madden, you know, around 2010, we said, hey, we should let consumers kind of pick the, the cover of Madden and, and before we did the ESPN Vote... The year prior to that, we did. Um, we, you know, I went to Doritos. I was like, hey, you guys, what if we let you guys, your consumers, pick the cover of Madden? We put on your bags and we promote that. And Doritos said, why, why would we do a video game promotion? Um, and so I spent two weeks in Dallas, kind of convincing them how big the how big the size of the space is. Um, and ten years later, Doritos does two, two or three programs a year, right? Ten years ago, I had to convince brands that, that gaming is 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 going to be the path. And now brands are like, "Hey, I'm supposed to do gaming. I just don't know how to do it." I mean, I think when you start to look at Gen Z, which is you know, 99% of Gen Z plays video games, and they control probably 40% of of CPG and kind of retail sales. Connecting without audience is kind of a tougher thing through media now and I think gaming is is definitely the connector for that generation and so how do we kind of do it authentically that adds value to those kids that really kind of drives positive uh, sentiment from that audience.
0: I'm curious now, too, there's so many platforms where content can go. Where is your audience? Where are the gamers? Where do they go? Where do the brands want to be when they're trying to connect to them?
1: Uh, Well, they're on their consoles, right? They're on their Xboxes. They're playing on PCs. So they're living in there. They're tough to get access to, but so they're living in that world. So I think that's, that's why I think promotions will be bigger than ever, because I think what we're doing is we're taking their favorite IPs and we're putting it on the platforms that they love. So whether it's, a, whether it's you know, uh, Pepsi or Monster or Pringles or Doritos or, you know, candy bars, whatever it is, finding ways to put the games that people love on those packages and then add value on top of that, the kids will find you, right? I think, you know, in this world, we're all so connected through social. Um, when, when, we, when you build a program, um, it's less about awareness of the program and more of how do you make a program strong? because I think we'll use social to amplify the message. I think eSports is a great platform to kind of connect with those users as well. I mean, I think they have, you know, almost $950 uh, million in kind of revenue from that space, about 450 million people watching people play eSports. So you can use different kind of um, metrics, but I think once you do a quality program, the world will
0: know about it. Um, you have such a unique background. You clearly understand the traditional sports landscape in the framework, obviously, of, of gaming with the Madden franchise. Um, as you kind of look at partnerships, and a lot of these companies you're talking about have major partnerships with traditional sports leagues, teams, et cetera. Do you see a shift in that dynamic where more of the marketing dollars is going towards to attract the young gamers as opposed to the young sports fan?
1: Yeah, no, I think it's a good idea. I mean, a good, good question. I, I think um, I don't think it'll take from kind of existing sports. I think you know we're seeing the growth in soccer, and obviously, the the NFL is is stronger than ever. And, and you know, we're not that baseball strong regionally. I think what's unique about gaming is it just offers a, a younger audience, right? I think if you look at the the median age of kind of an NFL fan or an MLB fan or even a golf fan is significantly higher than that of the gaming sphere. Yeah. So I think you'll start to see a lot of growth within, within gaming just to touch a, to a younger demographic. Um, and then I, I guess we'll see over time if, if they're still engaging with, you know, that audience is engaging with sports and then I think the money stays. And then if it's kind of leans into gaming, I think that that audience gets stronger. I definitely don't think gaming takes away from the space, but I do think it's kind of a unique way to connect to that audience because primetime tv isn't what it used to be right um, my, i have nine year old twin boys and i have no idea how to turn on the tv but they can navigate my iphone and navigate <laughs> the pc and xbox faster than anybody right well, so my kids my kids watch youtube like and you know that's the all same boat. they watch i'm in the same boat uh,
0: i'm in the exact same boat yeah. as you i've got an 11 and a 7 year old um, my seven year old um, I'm not embarrassing this. He plays Fortnite. He likes it. You know, he's into it. Judge me if you want, cause of the violence attached to it. But like, he's, he loves it. He plays Minecraft. My daughter plays Minecraft. They're all in, it's sorts, all sorts of different gaming stuff. All they really watch is YouTube. Like it is literally a different childhood than, than I grew up with and I'm accepting of it, but it is very different than what I was accustomed to.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. And my, so I've got – so my, my boys are nine, and they're really good at Fortnite. So we'll get the kids together, and we could, we could do some co-op and kind of do some squad stuff to, uh, to, to get them together. It's like – I'm good with that stuff. It's like, you know, you get on YouTube, and it's like, what are you doing? You're like, well, I'm either watching people tell stories about the game or giving me hints and chicks or what's the preview for next season? So everything that they're doing seems to be kind of this, this meta world around the things they love, which is gaming. Like my kids aren't watching kind of Yankee highlights or Seahawks highlights, yeah. right? It's they're, they're care. You know, they're watching the stu- more stuff about the things that they love. And so, how do how do parents like us kind of translate our passion for sports to them? Um, and does does it kind of does it break through, or is it the esports athletes that are kind of really going to be the heroes for them? Which will be interesting to watch over the next five to ten years. Um, my kids are definitely Seahawks fans, but I if I'd say, would you rather play Fortnite? They'd be like, yeah, totally. So yeah, no doubt it, about it. You know, I,
0: yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, you're lucky. The we, I, I'm in Washington, D.C. So and the Redskins haven't been very good. So getting my kids to sit there, watch a team that hasn't been winning has been particularly hard. <laughs> you know, make them sit there and try to, you know, join dad in his passion team, you know, and it, it's been hard to do, actually.
1: Yeah, and my kids love it, and they but they they'll say it's like the Super Bowl this week. I'm like, no, that's at the end. Like, so they're <laughs> they're engaged, but they're engaged to keep me happy because they're they're not as kind of dialed in as I used to be. So, um, but I, I guarantee you that you, you know their kids can tell you when the new season of Fortnite is going to be and when they're going to release this and what's the new skin for next week and like they're just kind of dialed into that audience. So I think for for brands to be able to to connect with that audience, it's it's really about you know talking about the things that they love. Like we work with a, a brand named Hollister, which is an awesome clothing company in the malls that Gen Z loves. Yeah, yeah. Um, we actually launched a game there last year um, called Crash Bandicoot. I mean, shockingly, when you go in the Hollister store, all the clothes say Hollister, but we were able to break through and build a Hollister um, shirt with Crash Bandicoot and is one of the fastest selling shirts they've ever had. Like how do we kind of take gaming and apply it to brands to help them kind of connect with their audiences in unique ways? And I think that's really important for the things that we're talking about our kids.
0: Yeah. Um, this is a very vague question. I'll leave it with this though, but like five to 10 years, can, can you kind of just envision what marketing looks like to the young generation?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's tough. It's, it's, you know, kids care about what's going on. So it'll, you know, it's about transparency. It's about authenticity. Um, I think those are going to be the things that are the most important, how, you know, all promotions now should have value attached to them. It's less about throwing a movie poster on a box of cereal and hope to the film because the film's going to be in theaters for two or three weeks. Now you put a, you, you put a game on a package and it's going to have a shelf life of six to nine months. Like we did a program last year uh, with Kellogg's that a game launched two years earlier and it's still super compelling, right? So, so the, the legs on gaming is much further than, than movies, but I also think there needs to be value there. You can't just throw a video game on a package and be like, Hey, play this game. You've got to have some kind of um, sentiment or some kind of offer that gets people compelled to kind of make that purchase because they're looking for value. And so I think the future is gonna is gonna be about transparency and value. Um, that'll be really important for that audience.
0: It's all really interesting. Chris Herb is the CEO and the founder of Triple Clicks. Thank you so much for joining us, Chris.
1: Thanks for taking the time. Appreciate
0: it. On the next Future Sport podcast, the return to live sporting events, it has its complications.
1: After COVID, we're seeing much more
0: aggressive stances taken about making venues purely cashless, removing cash entirely from the equation. um, And in some cases, even removing physical credit and debit cards from the equation. That's Kerry Zaremba, founder and COO of Venue Ties, who is working on helping venues become smarter to serve fans upon their return. That will do it for this show. As always, the future is now. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. The Future Sport Podcast is brought to you by three Advance, developers of sports tech apps that are AI powered and UX focused.